There's a version of spirituality crafted by capitalism, decorated in shiny crystals and perpetuated by Instagram influencers. And then there's a version of spirituality that our ancestors practiced that fostered deep rememberings and activations of the heart, earth, and stars. House of Enlightenedhood is a New Earth cooperative holding a frequency that rewilds spirituality and brings it back to what it was meant to be about all along. Our innate connection with the divine. Oh, and love. Lots of love. I'm Lena Lemos, your host and founder of House of Enlightenedhood. Thank you for joining me on this podcast as we explore the expansiveness and the messiness of reclaiming the human spiritual experience. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you beautiful souls, and happy Friday. Happy almost full moon as we step into the last few weeks of 2021. How did that? What? It, I have no words for how fast this year has gone. It has just been such a whirlwind, and it's just mind boggling that it's almost 2022. <laughs> when did that happen? It has been a really long month for me and why there haven't been episodes of this podcast for the last month because my husband was traveling, I was traveling, it was Thanksgiving, and then my computer broke, and then my daughter got sick, but here we are, just like a phoenix rising from the ashes, continuing to persist. It's been a lot, and I hope that you are taking the time and the rest that you need to nurture yourself during this time, because not only here in the U.S. is it going to winter and getting cold, but it's also the holiday season, all the anxiety and pressure and rush that comes with that, and also there is so much happening in the universe right now energetically and it is just such a potent time for transformation and magic and I just feel really called to tell you to trust the unexplainable to trust in the magic to trust in the things that are happening that you can't quite put words to because This is a time of accelerated expansion and transformation. And we are going through into the energetic new year with the winter solstice here in the Northern Hemisphere. And everyone I know and have talked to are just going through massive transformations and rebirths right now. And it can be really uncomfortable, the unknown. There can be moments where we feel like all is lost and there is no hope. But this is the birth canal of the rebirth. This is the darkness. This is the pressure, the adversity. When we are going to come out on the other side into the light and it's going to be more beautiful than you could ever imagine. And I know so many astrologers have talked about the end of the year and going into 2022 with Venus retrograde and all the things. I'm not an astrologer. I just, 
I just like to listen to all of the perspectives. But one thing I have been tuning into is all of these shifts sometimes are presented like there's going to be one global event of mass awakening. And the more I tune in, the more I realize it is happening. There are those huge energetic shifts, but they're happening uniquely in all of our lives. And so while you may feel like you're going through this all alone, you're not. We are all riding this wave. It is just manifesting differently in our lives depending on what we've healed, what we still need to heal, where we're going, what our gifts are, what is being released within our bodies. Trust it. Give yourself so much compassion and so much space and so much rest because I promise that there is so much magic on the other side of this. And I just felt called to remind you of that today. Today's conversation is very near and dear to my heart because it is a topic that brings me back to the very first early stages of this podcast. And we are talking about spirituality and our kids. How can we keep our kids in their knowing and their rememberings? How can we have these deep, profound questions about who we are when we ourselves still have no idea the answer to that question? And I am such an advocate that mothers especially and leaders of the next generation, even if you're not a mother, we do have a responsibility to shape future generations through our own self-healing. And through our own self-healing, we are keepers of the past because we are healing our lineages, the things that have been passed down, the beliefs that have been passed down, the behaviors that have been passed down. We're healing them. We're breaking the cycles. We are the keepers of the present because what we are doing now to heal ourselves, to come home to ourselves, to nurture the next generation, to radiate our light, to our families, to our communities, to our world. And then we are keepers of the future because in doing that, we are passing these tools down to the next generation. We are giving the next generation the space and the dignity to remember who they are. And they are one generation removed from all these cycles that we have broken. I am just continuously blown away by the ways that parenthood continues to be so profound and also continuously frustrated about the rhetoric and the narrative that we see on social media. And that's why I started this whole podcast and platform in the first place is because why aren't we having these really deep soul level conversations about parenthood and childhood and the conversations that we can have between parents and children? And so I am just so excited to have this space and to share these conversations with like-minded people because it is such an important conversation. It is such an important understanding that we have with this guidance with our children. So my guest today is Kristen Gattins. Kristen is an accredited counselor and children's book author from Vancouver, Canada. After spending a better part of a decade working in various clinical settings, Kristen began to feel increasingly disheartened by the limitations of conventional psychology and felt called to diversify her education in the areas of life coaching, holistic healing, and spiritual psychology. 
She also became inspired to create a children's book as a tangible way of encouraging the empowerment and spiritual development of young children. Kristen now lives in a seaside village on the south coast of England where she has an established counseling practice, Inspired Solutions, and offers holistic counseling services and empowerment coaching to clients all over the world. Kristen is the author of Who Am I Really? An Inspiring Story of Self-Discovery and a valuable resource for conscious parents to share with children of all ages to facilitate open, candid conversations about spirituality and identity. It is the first of the Ned book series and will be republished in 2022. Kristen and I are talking all about how we can help our kids remember who they are and how we can hold space for them to ask, who am I really? And allow the answer to change along the way. Like I said, Kristen's book will be republished in the new year, and I will be sure to share all of that information for you once it's available. You can also visit houseofenlightenedhood.com to read a further in-depth interview with Kristen, which I will publish in the episode notes. But stay tuned because all of these conversations about spirituality and kids with Kristen Gattins will be up right after this. House of Enlightenedhood is a heart-centered cooperative uniting in the frequency of love. We're building the new earth through community and supportive containers for spiritual exploration, healing, and expansion. House of Enlightenedhood's sacred online gathering space is one part mystery school and one part social community, open to anyone on the inner journey and co-created by a team of light leaders. We believe in a spirituality that returns to our roots. So whether you're just awakening or ready to pioneer a new paradigm of spirituality, we've been waiting for you. Learn more at houseofenlightenedhood.com. Hi, it's so good to see you. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you actually finally in person. Well, personally. I know. It's so exciting. And I'm so excited for today because we are talking about something that is so near and dear to my heart, which is spirituality and kids and keeping those kids in their knowing and their remembering and their joy and their spirit. And I think something that's so important for us, especially as we step onto this path and we realize how that trickles down to the next generation. Yeah. And and I think all the terror that comes with that to make sure we're doing it the right way, if there's such a thing. So I, first I need to know, how did you step into this space? What, what was that journey like from Stepping, I know you were in mental health, correct? And then stepping into that from spirituality into spirituality to kids. So tell me all of the things. It's like chicken or egg situation. So like I've always been super sensitive and with a sensitivity usually comes a spiritual awareness, but I wasn't really understanding what that meant as a child. I just knew that I felt things very strongly and I had a awareness that I probably perceived things in a way that people within my own environment didn't. Um, So it was very, very confusing for me as a child, but I kind of just took it as just, I think that's just a thing that I experienced really and really left it. Um, And then I kind of went along my life as people do in terms of like 
just basic finish school, get a job, do all the things. And it was kind of just a little thing here. Um, Yeah. And then I I finished my master's degree, went into mental health, worked with children, adolescents and inpatient psychiatry in various settings for like 10 years or so. And I loved it. Um, But I always kind of had this little feeling like there's something missing. There's just something missing. Um, I saw patterns within all the kids that I worked with in terms of their own sensitivities a lot of them which were pathologized in a way that I didn't quite understand. So I felt like I'm different, maybe I'm not getting it, that kind of thing. Um, and eventually it kind of came to a point where I was just really struggling to be helping in that way. It felt so limited and constricted. Um, mm-hmm. And a, a good girlfriend of mine, she worked with children as well as a nurse and um, um, she and I would just sort of have like, um, a little hangout after work and just vent about our frustrations and our, we wanted to just help in such a big way, but just really felt so frustrated. So, um, it wasn't until maybe about six years ago that I kind of finally really, I think accepted myself and my spirituality in a sense, and then could kind of just be open and authentic within how I wanted to work. So the traditional sort of healing models just didn't really work for me anymore. So I've kind of since ventured off and done my own thing. Um, I don't work with children anymore, but I just really wanted to like, I think inspire and help kids in a way that could help them avoid some of the trials and tribulations and pain and suffering that many of us as adults go through. So I see a lot of, you know, clients in my practice now, whether they're 20 years old or 60 years old, it doesn't really matter with the same stuff over and over. So it's like, if we could help shift thinking in children, perhaps we could help them navigate a lot of this stuff differently and learn in a much different way. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of like in a long, long story long answer to your question, how that kind of happened for me. But um, yeah, it was just really a, a continually evolving and unfolding process, basically. I think that's so beautiful because it really goes to show. And I think so many of us are realizing as we're, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s, as we're awakening and we're opening our awareness and our perspective to who we truly are. And then we do think like, shit, what if I would have known this all along? Would I still be in this position? What would I be doing now? Who would I be by now if I didn't have to do all this unlearning and all this unraveling to to uncover who I truly am. Yeah. And I think that that's a really common thing that people experience. As you said, they start to wake up. If I had known this earlier, I wouldn't have done things like this. I wouldn't have made this mistake. But also that was a necessary part of our own unique evolution. So I had to experience things in the way that I did to be able to show up in my life the way I do now, help people in a different way than I would have if I had not sort of experienced that contrast, if that makes sense. So there is no other way, um, but also how we can help to influence children in a different way. And we're raising different generations of kids. Yes. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. how we have to show up is going to be different for you. So I think, I think that's a really good point that we're kind of the transitional generation or multi-generation, few generations that are coming to this point of awareness that then have such influence over the next generation. And I always like to believe, you know, if we chose this lifetime, thinking how these kids chose this life, coming into this life, knowing how much they were going to remember and know about themselves and have the the stage perfectly right with the parents and the leaders that they chose to to have this greater understanding of of their spirit and their soul. Yeah, absolutely. And 
in my experience, most people that, as you said, are kind of in that transitory generation are very sensitive and yet were either raised in quite chaotic environments or environments that were really not understanding or conducive to a sensitive person. So it's almost like a spiritual boot camp as like a training ground. So people being able to actually embrace their own authenticity rather than this perpetual belief, like there's something wrong with me and not doing it right. I'm different than everyone else. You know what I mean? Like that's quite a common struggle I see with people that have that sensitivity can be a gift, but if we don't know how to use it, it actually can be quite problematic and challenging in its own way. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who's kind of awakening to to their authenticity, to their true self, to their spirit, their soul, whatever you want to call it, and then in tandem are raising the next generation and kind of come to this realization, the responsibility not only they have for their own healing and awareness, but also the children that they are leading. It's a really kind of overwhelming responsibility if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a parent myself. Um, I work with a lot of parents or a lot of my friends are parents. And there's, you know, obviously this thing of, I need to know everything. I have to have all answers. I have to be spot on. Yeah. I have to be able to like know something before I can teach it. And for something that we actually don't have concrete answers to, sorry, but it can happen. So it's like being able to approach it with just a sense of like, I mean, the kids are so epic at this anyway. It's just that natural curiosity and wonder, like, yeah. You know, the child can influence this in a lot of ways, but just say, like, what do you think about this? And just having conversations rather than this felt need or pressure that I need to teach you a certain thing. It's more of like mm. opening up a child's experience to everything and seeing yeah. the watching them sort of explore within that. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of people that I know that has sort of done that, they're like, wow, like we underestimate kids so much yeah. and they can come up with some really, really cool Yes. Quite existential stuff that we might not have caught on to or we've lost the ability to really connect to. So I think it's just step one, removing the pressure and that felt sort of expectation mm -hmm. and need to have to do things a certain way and really just being like, am I open? Am I as honest as I can possibly be? Which often is, I don't know what the answer is to that. What do you think? Reading different books, watching different movies, learning different stuff together and processing and trializing because we have to make that our own experience because there is no right or wrong. I love that so much because I think when you get to a certain point on this journey, you realize how much all of the answers are within you and to give kids that own knowing and that own task of coming up with the answers themselves, I think just cultivates such this, you know, self-authority that we may not necessarily have been taught ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that connection to our higher self, soul, spirit, whatever the heck you want to call it, that inner sort of knowing an emotional guidance system um, of knowing what your own unique truth is. Yes, there is a right or a wrong for us in terms of how we feel and what is right for us and what we feel is not. But in terms of sort of the big picture stuff, you know, we have to just have an open mind. So, you know, in my experience, anyone that has the answers or this is how it is for sure, you know, suspect, <laughs> you know what I mean? For teaching yeah. children to be just authentically curious and, and open to like understanding other people's unique perspectives and um, really creating that sense of, I guess, just like spiritual exploration rather than the polarity us versus you kind of dichotomies that we can see within our society that cause a lot of pain and suffering for people. 
Yeah, absolutely. So in this work that you've been doing and giving these kids this space to explore their spirituality and their soul, what has the kind of effects and benefits that you've seen from from giving them the space to do that? I mean, I think it really is unique across the board, but the first thing that comes to mind is sort of a sense of relief. Like mm-hmm. just, you know, and the the hardest thing to witness is just this beautiful, amazing, unique being just go I have no value. There's something wrong with me. And to be able to plant these little seeds where suddenly you see this revelation of, oh, like I, I, I am here for a reason. I do have something to contribute regardless of what they have been told or what they have experienced. Just that relief of settling in of almost like I can take a breath and it's okay to be me. Um, I mean, that to me is the most, I think, rewarding or valuable thing that I've, I've witnessed really. I have chills. That that just makes me so happy to hear because it's I don't even think we we have, you know, very little conscious of understanding of how much we kind of regurgitate everything that we have been taught, especially as parents and so a lot of times we're, you know, we're just saying everything that our parents said and that that was said to us and it takes a lot of unlearning and unraveling and I don't even think we realize how much of that kind of creates that idea that you have to be the specific thing or if you're not the specific thing then you know it's you're not worthy you're not enough you're not you're not you know cool you're not in it It, and it's just that's the thing I love so much about spirituality it it just returns to this self-love and self-worth to exactly who you are and knowing that that's enough and I think that is such a gift to give the next generation Right. And I think what you said is so spot on around the conditioning that we receive. And sometimes it's intentionally not good. And other times it's just so subtle. So sometimes people think it has to be this big, traumatic, terrible thing I've experienced. Because something as basic as like little kids in school and someone makes fun of someone's jacket and we're not playing with you today. It can be as simple as that. I'm not good enough thing. I'm different because of whatever, even if it's something that on the surface is is kind of insignificant. There's a meaning and depth attached to it that I think every human being on this planet has an I'm not good enough story. Oh yeah. And literally that's what I do eight hours a day with clients is like, tell me about your I'm not good enough story. <laughs> like we've all got it, but somehow, you know, you think you're the only one, guess what? You're not. Yeah. Um, so helping people to unravel that because that is, it's not even a real thing. It's a human construct. We're not born with this. Right. I mean, you've got a little nugget. I'm sure like when she was born, you were like, oh, is she good enough? Do you guys like, what do you guys think? Like, how can we tell? I don't know. She just was born. She's not really done much. Like <laughs> she hasn't contributed anything to this family or society. Around here at all. She's disturbing my sleep. I don't know what to make of this. Like, <laughs> that's the automatic love and value because you exist. You are enough. And it's not until that conditioning takes hold that we lose that. And so that's what spirituality is. It's bringing us back to the self, keeping the conditioning that is helpful to us and the stuff that brings us outside of ourself or deviates us from our true sort of essence, which is just like love, peace, everything's cool. Anything outside of that, we need to really look at, is this a helpful way for me to be approaching things? And if not, I really need to kind of realign with my sense of self. Yeah, for me, it was even those such, you know, subtle things that that we say as parents, like, oh, it's okay, everything's okay, don't cry, there's no need to cry, you know, be a good girl, all those things that slowly over time condition us to, you know, invalidate our emotions and our own voice and 
how we feel about things. And in, in my own work, realizing that, you know, over three decades of that and how the effect that it's had now trying to, to even, you know, the fear of judgment and the fear of speaking out, it's, it's crazy how, how much effect it has. And exactly what you said, even when we think we haven't had these huge traumatic events in our life that have shaped our reality, we don't really realize how much these subtle little nuances of language within our up you know, our upbringing affect who we are in this moment. Totally. And a lot of the stuff that can kind of like negatively impact a child is just that not being seen, not being fully heard or validated. Um, and oftentimes it's, it's not of bad intention on a parent's behalf or a teacher's yeah. behalf or whatever. It's just often like an inability to sit with your own discomfort and go, oh my God, seeing you in pain makes me feel so dysregulated. I can't deal with it. So it's okay. Like you'll make new friends or everybody loves you or don't worry. It's like placating in order for this person, for this inner child to actually feel safe. And so as you begin to be able to like hold your own emotional grounding, you can be in the presence of someone that's really upset and dysregulated and allow that to unfold rather than trying to shut it down because it creates discomfort within your own self. Yeah. One thing I started doing with my daughter that has instantly changed, you know, the the wonderful tantrums and, you know, emotional outbursts that come with being two years old is just saying, it's okay to be sad and I'm here and just holding that space. And that has, you know, exponentially cut down the amount of time that she kind of goes through the emotional wave and then comes out of it. And the more I really, you know, the more I saw how much that affected, it, I was like, wow, it really is as simple as just being really conscious in what we're saying and holding that space and just allowing them to just be. Because I think we too, you know, have been raised with this idea of, you know, kids should be well-behaved and sit and be quiet and, you know, not feel and, you know, not jump on the furniture and all these things that we kind of have muted the the experience of childhood and the exploration and the joy and the the full experience of, you know, play and and exploration yeah absolutely and you know of course as adults it's our job to teach children how to behave yes. in a socially appropriate manner and teach them all these beautiful lessons cool but where that can go wrong is like where there's a confusion between what you're doing is not okay versus like who I am as a person is not okay and as sensitives we really do internalize those things in a very significant deep way mm -hmm. um and so for a child that's really just programmed that doesn't matter how you feel how you behave is the key that's the most important thing i mean well sign you up for an anxiety disorder because you are going to be not testing limits not pushing boundaries in a healthy way which children should naturally do to mm -hmm. be able to see where is my safety everything will be internalized and and that might look like a really well-behaved child, but how are they doing mentally and emotionally? I mean, that might be questionable. Yeah. And it, it will be really interesting to see. And I've seen it in my own daughter over the past year and a half that she was at home for a year and a half. So those critical times of learning how to act and socialize in public, she did not have. Right. So now she's, you know, relearning, unlearning all of these things as she goes out to restaurants and stores that we didn't really have to experience when we were at home. And it's just, 
it's so interesting watching this development happening in real time and trying, you know, to manage. And I was trying to, I was with a dear friend the other day who's not a mother and she was trying to ask me like, what is the motherhood experience like? I was like, it's kind of this clusterfuck between, you know, your, your animal instincts of wanting to protect and nurture and then, you know, wanting, and then your own conditioning and upbringing and all the things you've learned and you're just regurgitating, especially in times when you're triggered. And then there's the, you know, the conscious piece of you when you're on the spiritual journey that wants to, you know, honor this soul that chose you and do it in a really intentional way. But when all of those things are just in a shitstorm tornado, when, you know, you're acting really fast, it can be really, really hard to navigate. And I think that's why parenthood is such a big awakening to so many people because you're realizing that, you know, there's so much more to it than we've necessarily been taught or that, you know, the narratives that we see in the media that comes with parenthood and this responsibility. And so I just love having conversations like this to really help other, you know, support other parents to know that like, we're never going to get it right 100% of the time because we're human too. But, you know, to to have these seeds planted in the back of our brain to be able to support kids in this development and allow them to just be and learn and do, but, what you know, within limits of safety and, right. you know, socially acceptable behaviors, it's just – it's a lot, but oh, it, but it's such it's such a beautiful thing to be able to you know lead this next generation of of tiny little nuggets. I love I I use the term nuggets all the time too. So so I'm happy we're on the same page. <laughs> we're on team nugget. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, and so for people that are really sort of mindful of their own self development, their own consciousness in parenting, there is an awareness and almost like an exacerbated sense of responsibility around, oh my God, I could screw you up so bad because I'm trying to rewire all of my stuff that even yes. like not that traumatic, but still affected me in yes. these days, um, which, which is very difficult for some people because it actually triggers a lot of their own things. And yes. one of the things that, you know, within therapy, I see as one of the, the main contributors to our own suffering is the way we speak to ourselves. So the inner child wounding, which is so prevalent within most people still, because I mean, I don't know about you, but I can go from 40 years old to six in about, I don't know, 10 seconds yep. in the trigger. That's the part of you that's like, I'm in pain, I'm scared, I'm whatever. So are we speaking to ourselves like you would your own child? Yeah. If your child came to you and said, I'm feeling really scared, would you go like, well, you're a moron, you should have done this instead of that, obviously, like, you know, no, but we speak to ourselves like that, no problem. So being able to really be on that page of like, almost reparenting ourselves. Yes. And also trying to parent your child, your your parent, your own inner child and your daughter at the same time. No big deal. No, you know, just just being a mother to everyone at the same time. It really, it, it is a lot. And it's, it's such a beautiful journey to watch, you know, I, because I came into this space with mothers, it's, it's beautiful watching mothers mother themselves and also the next generation and the evolution and the growth that comes with that. And it just gives me so much hope for this next generation to have all these really amazing tools in their tool belt and to know that they're still connected to their soul and hopefully will be, you know, and never find that place of disconnect. It just gives me so much hope for our future. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, even spirituality aside, even just basic things like understanding our emotions and what our emotions are for, how they are used as like our guidance system, why they are important. They're not things to just go like, 
oh yeah, I'll just lock them in this cupboard and like, we're cool. Like, yeah. and, and so many people to me all the time are like, why don't they teach this in school? This would have been very, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, but these things are now being sort of more open in terms of like, even just stuff like education, parents that are more dialed in and aware and able to share, like, this is what I do when I'm feeling this way, being able to share those gifts and to really, you know, things like anxiety, anger, we don't want to just go like delete, like that's not going to be helpful, but really digging into like, what does that mean? What is it trying to tell you? What do you need? Our needs are constantly being overlooked. And we live in a society that doesn't really care much about that. It's like, doesn't matter how you feel or what you need, just get on with it. Yep. And then we see like this, you talk, when I talk about a pandemic of like mental health and yeah. we're all surprised, like we have to be able to connect to all of the stuff that is underneath this programming yeah. and just almost like reboot the system. Like let's just sort of get back to basics and sort of, and sort of rebuild in a way that um, historically people have always done. Yeah. I mean, this is a very new idea that we have, we are not spiritual. <laughs> Our feelings don't matter, all of this stuff. And we maybe tried that throughout history for a little while. Didn't go well. Um, and now it's like, it's a- not going well. Not going it, well. Is not go- it is not going well. <laughs> you don't go into examples. I mean, use your imagination, but like, yeah. So it's sort of that, like reconnecting to just the basics and the stuff that's magic. And that's why kids are so naturally brilliant at this because they're just naturally compassionate. They love nature. They love animals. Like here's a beautiful flower and they touch it so gently. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like just being able to almost watch the magic with which they see the world and reconnecting through them as well. So I get back to your question earlier about teaching kids. Well, I mean, they have a lot to teach us too. So it's not just a top-down approach. It's more of like an equal relationship in terms of yeah. learning and sharing from each other. Yeah, that has been one of the biggest joys of motherhood is just experiencing the world through my daughter's eyes and just feeling like, oh my gosh, there's so much just wonder and, you know, magic in the world. And if we could only all see the world like that, you know, going back to we maybe we wouldn't have gone wrong in so many ways. Uh, so let's talk about your book series. Tell me a little bit more. What's it about? So, um, we have released the first book last October. It's called Who Am I Really? And it's part of the Ned book series. So Ned is the main character in the book. Um, we're currently working on the second book, which is about gratitude. And yeah, the first book is really um, just an opportunity for children to kind of be more curious about who they are. So the book itself is just sort of a series of questioning where a little boy is sort of um, exploring like what makes him him. So just basic things. If you think about, you know, how children describe themselves, it's like, I'm a boy, I'm a girl, I have brown hair, I have glasses, I play soccer, like whatever the thing, like children learn very early on to categorize themselves, define themselves by appearance, status, all of these kinds of things. So the book tries to kind of peel those things back. Like, okay, like you might have, you know, brown hair when you're seven years old but what about when you're this old what about when you're you know you might be a grandpa you have no hair like you're still the same person though so who is that person so really trying to help in a like child-friendly way explore some kind of complicated ideas about who we actually are beyond the physical beyond the things that we do because what we look like what we do continues to change and evolve over time so what is the constant underneath Mm, I love that so much it's it's so needed for 
for this next generation to stay connected to that, like we said. And it gives me so much hope that that we're willing to to support them in this way. And we're all kind of coming back to this realization that, like you said, it's such a new idea that this is new age and woo woo and, you know, all the bullshit that goes with what capitalism put on spirituality, which I could go in in a whole (laughs) wormhole, but it's just, it gives me so much hope for these kids, you know, who are bringing back that connection to the self and to, to the soul and to the earth and to, to our humanity as a whole. Yeah. And so my, um, my good friend, Nicole, I told you about earlier that the nurse, she worked in palliative care with children. So she did all the illustrations. She's so brilliant, but just, it was so fun to create something with her that really helped us to help in a bigger way, which was our intention, like, and just give like conscious parents this tangible platform for like, you know, let's read this book together. Let's have conversations about like, what does this mean to you? Um, and, and explore these, these concepts together. And what the feedback in terms of the book has been really cool for us is that, you know, it's like, it's a children's picture book, but we have had people of all ages be like, that book really helped me. We had a, like, Nicole was telling me about her friend, um, she lives in Costa Rica and her, and her friend had bought the book just to support us and her, you know, daughter's 12. So it's like a little bit old for picture books, but was having a day and just, she said, I don't know why, but I just picked up the book and read it. And just saying like, I feel so much better. Like being able to help a child or adult at any age to, cause at any age we're going, well, who the heck am I? And we deal with this all the time. Like we're supposed to do all of these things and that's supposed to bring us a sense of joy or success or achievement and feel good about ourselves. We keep moving the goalpost. So that's never <laughs> going to happen. And we could literally miss our whole lives. So that chance to just kind of reconnect to like that curious, like, well, what am I under this? You know, meat vehicle <laughs> like what's in there what is that thing we have nuggets and we have meat vehicles I love it so much well thank you so much it has been such a pleasure to be able to connect in person and thank you so much for the work you're doing to help to just usher in a new awareness of humanity, you know, no small feat and <laughs> just your average. Oh, it's so, like, I'm just, yeah, so happy to finally connect with you in person. I really appreciate your curiosity and support about the book and everything. Um, but yeah, it's just really, really good to meet like-minded people that are on this yeah. mission and it, it ain't for the faint of heart. <laughs> No, but I like to end this show with wise words for anyone listening who needs that extra encouragement today to to step into their best self, to know that it's okay to be exactly who they are. So what are your wise words to end on? That's an easy question. Um, uh, To me, it's about authenticity because we spend a lot of our lives trying to be a certain way. And the power that I see within anyone, and you might be able to relate to this, is someone's like authentic expression of who they are. And you, when you see it, you're just like, yes, like that is your superpower. That is epic. Because I don't care what you're doing. No one can do it the way you do it. So that reaffirmation of self, that realignment with self, you know, like everybody's, everybody's different. We're all here for a reason. So really connecting to your own authentic presence because that's all we got. Thank you so much for listening to House of Enlightenedhood. As always, I am so grateful for your support. If you enjoyed the show, please share it or leave a review or subscribe. A little bit goes a long way. 
You can find me, your host, Lena Lemos, over on Instagram at I am Lena Lemos or Enlightenedhood. But honestly, there is so much more going on within our spiritual cooperative platform than is happening on social media these days. Until next time, you beautiful souls.